0: You're listening to petliferadio.com.
1: Welcome, this is my dog, Diggs Dirt, and I'm your host, Lauren Collier. Today, we have a very special treat. We're getting an up-close-and-personal look at a group called Working Dogs for Conservation. Have you ever heard of them? They've not only pioneered ways to use dogs' extraordinary sense of smell to protect wildlife and wild places, they have done it with dogs that they rescue. This is so fantastic. Don't miss a moment. My dog, digs Dirt, we will be right back.
0: Put a puppy under the Christmas tree. Wait, you read it, not feed it. It's the dog with the opposable thumb, an accidental love story. The fun new book by award-winning author Mark Barkowitz. When an accidentally DNA-altered puppy is born with a thumb, his lovelorn grad student caretaker devises a strategy to achieve their Kardashian-like fame and fortune. It's funny, intelligent, and incredibly unique. And 20% of book sales benefit the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb is available now through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and and MarkBark.org. Thumbs up to a howling fun book for the holidays. The Dog with the Opposable Thumb. Order yours now.
1: Welcome back to My Dog Digs Dirt. It's such a pleasure to introduce you all to Pete Copalula, who is the Executive Director of Working Dogs for Conservation. Thanks so much for being here, Pete. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this organization is really interesting. I love the fact that the dogs that you have working with you are rescue dogs. Let's talk about Working Dogs for Conservation and how you got involved and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you.
0: Working dogs for conservation is a. We're a nonprofit. We work all over the world, and and we train conservation detection dogs to do whatever kind of, of work we need them to. So early on in the history of our field, it was mostly finding threatened and endangered species, not finding the individuals themselves, but but actually finding their scats, their poop. Um, uh-huh. And that was for a number of reasons. One was that it's a lot easier to find what animals leave behind. You know, most carnivores leave little signals, little packets of information for other carnivores in their scats, and uh, dogs are carnivores and they're tuned into that sort of thing. So it's really easy for them to find scats. The other advantage is that you don't have to harass or bother even see the animal. And as the laboratory techniques got better to isolate DNA from fecal material, the applications just got, you know, wider and wider, and we did more and more different work. And nowadays, you fast forward 20 years, and the dogs are, we still do a lot of carnivore work and finding scats, but now we find invasive weeds, aquatic invasives, and I guess it's a mixed bag, fortunately, and unfortunately, we do a lot of law enforcement work with wildlife trafficking uh, as people try to smuggle rhino horn or ivory or things like that the dogs are just really, really good at finding those things and and actually stopping them before they poach as well. They're good at finding guns and ammunition and preventing poaching. So it's all over the map, literally and figuratively. We've worked in, um, oh, at last count, I think it was 17 different countries around the world and on all sorts of different projects. So, you know, we're really limited by what we can think of, not by what the dogs' noses can find. They do amazing work and we keep asking them to do harder and harder things and they just keep doing it.
1: Now, let's talk about the fact that your dogs are rescue dogs. How does that work? That's amazing and really so fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's wonderful. And, you know, the majority of our dogs are
0: rescues. That's a little different from a lot of other, well, detection dog applications or even working dog organizations. But the truth is that virtually all dogs have the capacity. Mm -hmm. They've got the olfactory ability And so what we select for is drive, heavy drive. And that's what enables us, if they're really excited about a ball or another toy or a tug, that's what enables us, that's the incentive for us to train them on different scents. And they learn the game very quickly. They learn that whatever scent we introduce to them, you know, it could be hair gel, their dogs trained to find cell phones or like illegal electronics and things like that. Once they figure out the game, that this is the scent that my handler wants me to find, I'll find it, and I get my reward. So they're driven, and often their drive is what makes them unsuitable as pets. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of shelter animals, I'm sure you've heard the story where someone comes to see a good looking, you know, excited, bouncing around dog and the folks at the shelter will say, you know what, this is too much dog for a family to have. And so those are the dogs that the shelters have a hard time getting rid of. And those are precisely the dogs that we want because they're driven, they're excited, they just can't get enough. They just want to get out and work, work, work all day long. So that's a great fit for us.
1: Oh, it's fantastic! So you'll go to local shelters, I guess, and that's how you have built uh, your stable, I guess, of working dogs there. And people can see those on your website, which is really quite cute because you have a little description of them. And you say, uh, as you said, they yeah. do it because they have that play drive that's similar to, say, a police dog or you know, working dogs. Yeah. Wouldn't you say they yeah, do it because exactly they want right. to? They get a treat, which is playing, you know, the ball or or the toy. Because people wonder, how do they do that? But, of course, you have to train them as well. What is some of the training that goes into this?
0: Well, they learn very quickly. Once they've learned how to learn, it's really easy. The veteran dogs can learn a new scent, you know, in an afternoon. But, you know, it's a very similar method to how you train for detection of anything, narcotics or, or cadaver work or anything. Their toy is hidden with the scent early on. And they come and they find, they move in and they smell the scent. And then all of a sudden, boom, their toy's right there. Mm -hmm. And then slowly that moves to the the handler introducing the toy immediately when they find it. And then those problems get harder and harder. We set them up for success early on in the beginning. And then it gets harder and harder. And they do a fabulous job. It's Like I said, once they've learned how to learn, it's really easy for them. But Uh, I wanted to go back and just mention one thing. We used to scour local shelters around here. And on the website, you can see the class of 2015. It was quite large. We had a lot of new dogs. And so it was becoming harder and harder. So we now have a new program called Rescues to the Rescue. And anybody, and I wanted to mention this to you for your listeners, because I'm sure they're plugged in in this world, any behaviorist or volunteer or staff member at any shelter in the country can log on to Rescues to the Rescue and see a video of how to screen a dog. And if they have a dog that's super drivey and crazy and a whole lot of dog, they can log on screen that dog, upload the data, and then we or any other conservation detection organization, eventually someday it may be any detection organization, will be able to find those dogs and help them find a forever home and a job, which is what many of them need, as you know.
1: Isn't that wonderful? I mean, what a great, great idea. Are you seeing uh, more and more dogs used in all different types of ways, actually? Are you surprised? Are you ever surprised when you take your dogs and they find something and they do all these different things It must... Be just endless what they can do. It is amazing, and you know I shouldn't be, but I am surprised. Yeah, we just trained dogs
0: to detect disease in elk scat to figure out whether there's a disease here in, in the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem called brucellosis, and it has economic implications. and For and elk carry it, and it's difficult to know without handling the animal whether they um, have it. So we got the pellets scat pellets from infected elk and we got it from uninfected elk and we tested whether the dogs could detect it and indeed they can just like the dogs at Penn vet or you know that are doing the cancer work or other right. dogs in the uk now are doing it you know and i shouldn't be surprised because they keep doing it over and over again but i am it's always amazing every time they do something and you watch you know a double blind trial where the handler Neither the handler nor the dog knows where it is. And boom, they just hit on it. And uh, it's wonderful. It's a fun thing to watch.
1: And of course, it benefits all of us. Uh, We're going to take a short break now. My dog digs dirt. We'll be right back with Working Dogs for Conservation.
0: So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur, and LeVette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work, so I've been hearing Dynovite on the radio for years. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until I was just at a dead end, and then it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin, and all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynavite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. He makes us feel like we saved him. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynovite for 90 days. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Oh. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Oh, oh, Full oh, episodes oh. of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Oh, oh, oh. Live and on demand, only from Pet Life Radio.
1: My Dog Digs Dirt is back. We're talking about a wonderful group called Working Dogs for Conservation. Pete, you've been talking about how you get the dogs and you find them at shelters, which is just amazing. A little bit about how they are trained because it's just amazing. Let's talk now about some of your missions. And we should stress again, this affects all of us. You are helping us all by doing this.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, we focus on uh, impact, you know, places where the dogs will help make conservation happen. And sometimes that's a straightforward project, you know, finding, um, you know, one of the examples I like is the Cross River Gorilla, It's the, one of the rarest great apes in the world, is the rarest great ape in the world. And the dogs were able to find their scats and do a census, which had never happened before. And those scats were also used at our own Center for Disease Control, used those to screen for wildlife diseases, but also human diseases,
1: Amazing. including
0: Ebola. So, you know, zoonotic disease is an increasingly big issue for people. Absolutely. Um, Ebola is a zoonotic and for wildlife. So, the dogs help with that as well. You know, they do other things that are of economic value. We're helping stop the spread of zebra and quagga mussels, which are a uh, uh, they encrust any hard surface in fresh water. If you're in the upper Midwest or, or large parts of the country now, more of the country than not, has them. You may have cut your foot on one of them if you step wow. on a rock in a freshwater lake. And the dogs are fabulous at screening boats because that's how they spread. They get stuck to a boat, and then they move from one lake to another, and then they've infected that new lake. Wow. And uh, it, it can take an officer an hour to scan a boat to search a boat systematically and a dog does it in about three and a half minutes amazing so you know for a small investment the dogs are saving us billions of dollars in damage from those muscles so it's great it's really fun to see them do that work
1: how do you get your assignments do people say come here are there studies how does it work
0: pete well, you know, conservation detection dogs are increasingly common, but a lot of people know about them now. So more and more people come to us with amazing ideas about, about hey, could we use a dog for this or that or, or some other thing? And so that happens a lot, but some of it happens with us too. You know, the, uh, the zebra and quagga muscle work really came from recognizing that those Muscles, you know, when we think of the muscles, they're like the ones we might eat or people right. grow naturally, you know, people see in the ocean. But they also have a microscopic larval stage called a veliger. And so we got to talking about it and we said, well, look, if, if all you're looking for is the adults and these veligers can be moving around, we're wasting our time. It could, be, it could be spreading without us anyway. So let's see if we can train dogs to do it. Wow. And the province of Alberta and the Flathead Basin Commission here in Montana these are two places that don't have zebra and quagga mussels, so they're very keen to keep it that way. They went along and said, yeah, let's try it out. And the dogs, not surprisingly, the dogs did an amazing job and we were able to wow. do it. And so now we've got, I think we may go up to eight dogs now deployed (gasps) sniffing zebra and quagga mussels in our part of the world to keep them out of out of here amazing
1: are the dogs and i'm just curious about this both male and female does that make any kind of difference or no
0: no we have both we have purebred we have mixed breeds often people ask if they're fixed does that matter and the truth is high drive they're high drive if they're so that's what it
1: all boils down to there are other criteria you know yeah
0: it could be yeah it could be and you know we look for some other characteristics like you know, they need to have some nerve strength and be able to deal with loud noises and being right around. Right. We and put them on to- ATVs and they fly in helicopters. We yeah. even had to take dogs on elephant back one time.
1: Wow. <laughs> so, oh my goodness feet. Plus I guess they go yeah. to all different types of uh, terrain. So they have to be, That's you know, right. okay with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know so they, big, they tend to be. Yeah. I mean, close. that would be, but uh, we want to mention you of course, have your own dog who's three years old, a uh, pointing Griffin. Wirehaired wire-haired, pointing griffon. Cute. Yep. That's right. Grafone, Thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Those That's great. Does he work or he just sits on the couch? Yeah.
0: He's a bird dog, so he wow. gets to go hunt birds in the fall. He's wonderful, and griffons are a great breed. They're common in this part of the world, but you don't see them very much outside, but a lot like a German wire-haired pointer. People know them a little more. uh,
1: How cute! I think of um, I think one won Westminster one year. I forgot his name. That may be, yeah. It was so cute. He was really cute. So, is there always some, you know, some area that they're effective in?
0: Well, you know, I often say they have succeeded at, at virtually everything we've asked them to do. Amazing. At one project, they were on an invasive weed, and one of the ways that weed takes over is by drawing its own moisture down so low that it draws the moisture out of the soil and kills the other plants around it. And that particular weed got so dry that it had virtually no scent. So from late July into August, when it was senescing, the dogs had a hard time finding oh, it. Yeah. So we had to adjust that program so that they went in June instead. Um, I see. But so that's, can, that's right. about as big of, you know, in air quotes, failure that, <laughs> that they've had. Yeah. They're just amazing. You know, and it's people say, you know, how do they smell that? And I often right. remind people that I'll bet other species look at us and say, how do we see things in such detail, ah, you know? And. Yeah. They dedicate more of their brain to olfaction than we do to seeing. And they're just, you know, a dog can smell a teaspoon of sugar dissolved in the equivalent of two Olympic-sized swimming pools. Amazing! That's the concentration they can detect at. So it really is, I think we're really just scratching the surface at what they're capable of.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Are you fearful sometimes when you go into these situations? I know when you talk about the wildlife trafficking and things like that, or, you know, training the dogs to detect things like ammunition and guns or poison, do you have to protect the handler and the dog and are there more than one handler per dog? How does that work, Pete? Yeah, well one of the,
0: the ways that those programs are successful is by making sure that the dogs are really integrated, full members of the law enforcement team. So in Africa it's Game Rangers and Game Scouts. And you know, those are those are because of the history there, they're they're basically paramilitary you know, operations. And so the dogs do, they are very well protected. They live in a ranger post. They're just like police dogs. They're never left unattended. And when they're with their handlers, they're in a secure place. Many of them are trained never to take food from anyone other than their their Mm -hmm. handler for all of those reasons. So we invest a lot in the dogs. They're very well looked after. And security is a big part of that because one of the things that we've learned about the wildlife trade is that these are the same nasty folks who are trading in drugs and guns and even human trafficking. Ugh. And some wildlife products like rhino horn and ivory and, and pangolins, pangolin scales are as valuable as narcotics. Um, and weapons. So they do have to be very careful. But fortunately, you know, we stick to the dog part of it. We train right. the dogs and their handlers and help them on the technical side. And I they see. stick to what they're good at, which is right. they do the law enforcement. So, so we, we almost all of our objects are in partnership.
1: So people will also come to you to get a dog that is trained for conservation is that right or are yep. you always up exactly right. with your dog okay i see so it's both. yeah yeah
0: so for example the state of washington just passed i think it's called i i141 uh, an initiative to stop wildlife trafficking And the state of Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife reached out to us and said, can you help us establish a dog team to do this? Wow. So that's exactly what we're doing. We'll source the dogs. We'll train them. We'll go there and and live with them and the handlers for a few months to get them started. And then, you know, a couple times a year, go back and help them troubleshoot and make sure that everybody's working well and, and that everything's going smoothly. And oh. then they'll work, off they go.
1: That's amazing. I, and I bet it's very satisfying for you when these you've trained these dogs and there they are. They're like doing their job and doing it so well.
0: It is amazing. You know, I was a sort of a traditional... Did traditional conservation work for about 20 years and these last five years getting to work with the dogs full time is the greatest impact oh. of my career. They're oh, exactly. just amazing. They do amazing things. We've got one dog named Ruger who in his first few months put about 150 poachers out of business by, uh, by seizing their guns and then just after he got a bunch of press for that and then just after that happened two brand new dogs went to northern Zambia and they seized 10 guns in one seizure. You know it was an elephant poaching syndicate and they, they oh. nailed them in one night I love it it's just fabulous it's wonderful It's so
1: great oh that's so wonderful Pete how can our listeners help you out find you find out more where can they find you
0: well thank you thank you for asking that our website is WD4 the number 4C WD4C.org and they can find out about everything we do and meet the dogs there. We are a nonprofit and so it takes a lot to feed a working dog and to keep them healthy yes. and we give them a full retirement package. They live with their live out their lives even after they start working and that all costs money. So, you know, donations are very very deeply appreciated, you know, and individual support also allows us to send dogs where they have an impact, where they can really do important conservation work, not just where the money is. So it's a huge help. And, you know, people in shelters can look at rescues to the rescue. Our joint project with IFAW, the, the International Fund for Animal Welfare, that's rescues and then the number two to the rescue.org. And they can help more dogs get jobs. So they're helping us. They're helping conservation. But they're also helping high drive dogs who might, you know, live their lives out in a kennel or, or be, have to be put down because they couldn't find a job. So those are some great ways. And then in our local places uh, where we work here in Montana, we have a foster program where where people can help house a dog while they're getting trained and before they get sent off. And they can learn all about that with us on Facebook or or find us through WB4C.org.
1: Well, bravo. What a wonderful, wonderful organization. Again, everyone, it's Working Dogs for Conservation. I really encourage you to log on to their website and help spread the message. What a wonderful mission you're on, Pete. Thank you so much well, for being here. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I and wish you thank you, you for helping success. us spread the
0: message. It's great. We're really grateful.
1: It's absolutely uh, just marvelous all the way around. So thank you so much, Pete. Thank you all for stopping by to listen. My Dog Digs Dirt we will be back soon with another wonderful show. Until then, hug your pet today. Thanks for listening. Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on
0: demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.